Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. All right, welcome, folks. Two guys and a mic back at you. Beautiful Monday here in the fine city of Chicago. We come at you after a big football weekend. What a weekend number uh, four, huh? Of the NFL uh, weekend number three. Hello. Weekend four, the college football weekend three of the NFL season. But boy, our round them up, wrap them up today. Going to be uh, filled with comeback wins, last second victories. Definitely one of the better days in NFL football uh, as far as exciting finishes and comebacks. That we've seen in recent memory. We'll touch on a little college football on Saturday as well. A couple of wild card races in baseball that aren't over yet. A little bit of golf and a little bit of tennis. We'll jump off the sports page as well. A full docket here in the 57 minutes and 22 seconds that they allow us. First, let's enjoy uh, eight seconds worth of the outstanding music of the TalkZone.com. Uh, it's really a shame, David, that we only get eight seconds to enjoy the music because uh, if we had a longer show, there's no question about it. Our award-winning music here we'd put on for at least 15 or 16 seconds. But uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Hope you had a great weekend out there. Hope you had an outstanding weekend, sports and or otherwise. Healthy and, uh, healthy and happy. That's the most important thing. All other problems. All other problems, Big Dog Joe Odwanski. All other problems are a distant, distant, distant second to your health. Don't forget that. A lot of Bear fans in depression right now, all frustrated, maybe out of work, got some problems here, got some things here. You know, your sports teams are losing. Rough baseball season looks like it could be a rough football season. Hey, if you got your health, Big Dog, you should be a happy man. You know, Coach, I couldn't agree more with that, and especially if your loved ones uh, have their health, too. Yep. And, you know, besides imbibing a little too much, I take pretty good care of myself, Coach, and, and yep. you know, I'm pretty lucky to be and right now, the last like week or so, seems like everything's going right. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I really don't have no problems. And I know the Bears just lost lost to the Packers. The season is not over, but no. I, I got to tell you something. Going to yesterday's game, the the vibe in this city, even though the Bears lost, not play well, and I mean, I, let's, let's, they play like garbage. Okay, no matter what anybody says, Lance Briggs and Brian Urlacher played phenomenally. So did Tim Jennings. Okay, but. The defensive line was so up and down, and their safeties, oh, my goodness, their backup safeties, which had a play yesterday, were so bad. I can't even explain how how, how many times did the Packers catch the ball 20 yards down the field. Well, it doesn't matter, Coach, because we have our health, and right now I'm in a happy mood. So. Yeah, the, the closing speed. I mean, Craig Seltz does what he can, does a nice job at times, usually in the right position, but you talk about closing speed and uh, – you know, various forms of sports. A safety's got to have great closing speed. Their safety did it on the little hitch play in the first quarters. We talk a little Bear Packer here. Packers 27, Chicago Bears 17. And, uh, you know, that's just a God-given talent. The old saying, speed never has a slump. Craig Stoltz might have been in the right position. He just does not have the closing speed to cover on some of those passes. You know, I don't, I wouldn't agree with you. I think he's, his athletic ability is there. I think he's in the wrong spot. He always seems to okay. be expected late. So we're both, we'll both agree that he seems to be a half-second uh, late. Well, the two of us need to uh, sit in a dark room together. Don't get this the wrong idea. We'll be in separate. There'll be a chair between us. But 
We need to uh, watch some film, watch some tape together, Big Dog, and break it down. Coach, I've been watching films with the light out, you know, until 2 in the morning <laughs> years. This, this isn't something new. It isn't anything yeah. creepy. On the bright side, if it's if it's okay. the Craig Stelts highlight tape we're watching, it'll only be about a three-minute feature. So, well, well, uh, most of it is him taking his helmet off on the sideline and like doing a little twitch with his neck to get his long hair out of his eyes. <laughs> I actually I mean, like the kid. Good. I we we make fun a little bit. I actually like Craig Stelts. But twenty-seven uh, seventeen, we'll talk about that here in Chicago. It was you know Bear Week, Packer Week, the whole week with the anticipation for one of the great traditions and. All of uh, not just NFL football and all of sports and uh, Green Bay Packers, uh, you know, beat the Bears pretty easily yesterday, two seven to one seven. We'll talk some other NFL games. Got the round them up, wrap them up coming. And Big Dog uh, apparently imbibing a little bit over the weekend. One of our emailers wants to know: Ask Joe on a scale of one to ten, what was your imbibability this weekend? Oh, I don't know, like a five. It was you know the Bears Packers ah, game, you know, hanging so... out with with your friends. It wasn't so bad. Okay, just a five. Yeah, that's uh... not so bad. Yeah, I wasn't acting like stupid. Yeah. Uh, but this weekend started out. All I know is going to the Packer uh, Bears game yesterday. But yeah. I was going to where I was going to watch it at my friend's house. I had to go get a charger and do all this other stuff. So I was riding on my bike through the streets of Chicago, coach. Mm-hmm. And I have like a I, when I leave these kayak tours, okay, I tend to start singing because I end up by myself, like twenty five feet ahead of people, and I'll sing mm-hmm. to myself. And I usually sing "Bear Down, Chicago Bears," the Bears fight song. <laughs> Uh, don't worry, be happy. I sing almost all the time, so I'm always singing those two songs. And so yesterday, I just found myself singing "Bear Down," and next thing I know, like I rode past some Packer fans, and I started singing it as loud as I possibly could. They start laughing, okay, and I continue to sing it. Well, when I got to the end, I ride by some bored Packer fans, so I started up again. Well, now I'm driving through West Loop, riding my bike through West Loop, and I'm singing it as loud as possible. I'm not kidding you. Some dude on his balcony catches in. He starts screaming it as loud as he as Packer fans are walking by. Some other guy was on the corner. He turned, and all he was yelling was "Bear down." He only knew like a couple coach. Phenomenal, one of the best moments I've had right <laughs> like in the city of Chicago yeah. would be yesterday. Right, it's just like taunting Packer fans, not by saying "You suck" by singing the Bears fight song, which they even found kind of funny. Oh, that's got to get you juiced up for the game a little bit. Love the three fifteen start, by the way. I'm assuming it worked out oh, for yeah. you well, also. But if they want to move most of the Bears games to three fifteen, that's uh, that's okay with me. Do you know how you can move most of the Bears games to three fifteen? Yeah, keep winning. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember in 1986, 87, 88, 80, you know, I mean, they were at three fifteen all the time, half their mm-hmm. games at least. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of chirping, by the way, speaking of Packer fans, our good uh, listener and uh, fine friend Wisconsin John is crowing via the email today, via the Facebook, and any other social media he can crow with as his Milwaukee Brewers clinched officially a playoff spot. His Wisconsin Badgers absolutely crushed another opponent, and his Green Bay Packers knocked off our Chicago Bears. For Wisconsin, John has uh, got a cheese-wide smile today, Mr. Radwanski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about a guy without any, uh, uh, what do you call it, sensibility. Oh. Do they even have a teacher <laughs> back to work in Wisconsin yet? <laughs> take it easy, take it easy. By the way, I don't know if you're watching on our live webcast. Uh, Big no, what happened to the Skype? I thought our fan, we've been advertising that our... Female fans will be able to see you up close and hopefully not too personal. You're, you are going with more than the bathrobe today, correct? Yes, as okay. a single eligible man who who, yes. does, who is very interested though in, in one particular person. So we'll we'll just we'll yeah. stick with that. Well, as long as you're not a single eligible man who wears a bathrobe and you know open as you get the Skype on the radio show, that's what we're worried about. But 
hopefully we're going to be able to see you on the screen in the not-too-distant. Yeah, I, I, I certainly hope so, Coach. But let's just say there's been a, a, a chink in the armor, okay? There's, okay. I, we have to right. work out some uh, some video capability. All right. Well, you Sorry, rip Coach. off the armor. I'll take care of the chink. We'll have you on screen no, in no time at all. But... On screen today, uh, Big Dog, I don't know if I told you last night or uh, last weekend or not in our previews, but in studio, fresh from a vacation in the Mexican island somewhere. Are there islands in Mexico? I think there are. Uh, Brian Bauer is in studio, Big Dog. Say hello to Double B, my friend. Uh, what's up, Brian Bauer? I, I, maybe I should just actually just call back and give you my thoughts on, on Aaron Sproles or something later on in the show. Big Dog. It's been a long, long time, my friend. How you been? Uh, I'm, I'm doing absolutely spectacular, to be honest with you. So things things are going well, and uh, you know, so I'm not going to get all upset about the Bears getting blown out to Green Bay. It's just it's funny as you only hear from some of your friends that are from Wisconsin like once a year. Since after the the, the Packers, you know, uh, beat the Bears, they're like, "Who are these people? Leave me alone! I don't really care about you. Please, I don't need to hear how great." Nick Collins' replacement is. I don't really care. Okay. Well, you, you got to remember, it's that second city complex. It's like Chicago to New York. You know, we, we you know we always had this kind of complex. Milwaukee always has that. What else they got going? I mean, their city's considered kind of a second, smaller version of Chicago. Their teams, quite frankly, what, what do they got? The Bucks. That didn't do it. Brewers up until this year were always kind of laughing stock. I mean, they put up together a decent team, but they're not there. I mean, what else? They, they Wisconsin, don't have, Wisconsin Rattlers, AAA hockey team. They, yeah, uh, supposed they got, to be very good no, this they, year. they got the Milwaukee Admirals, which I think is their an AHL team. Yep. So, but, I mean, they're kind of a second, you know, minor league city. You know, so this this is their chirp. I mean, hell, if you think about it, their NFL team's not even in their biggest city. Their NFL team's in Green Bay, Wisconsin, of all places. Yeah, now, and, and, and I mean, that's not even as nice as Peshtigo, Wisconsin. If you think about everything you said, think about the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, they won this year. They're going to lose Prince Fielder because they don't have enough money to actually keep them around. So he goes bye-bye. That team goes bye-bye. And if you think about the Milwaukee Admirals, well, their team was named after a Chicago strip club because their guys spent so much money there. And then, and then the, the Milwaukee Bucks. Scott Skiles is a retread Chicago Bulls coach. So if you think about it, there's a lot of reason for them to be angry. And I I think, quite frankly, they should have moved to the right city. I mean, the best-named city in all of Wisconsin to me, Fond du Lac. I don't know why. I just fine. like saying Fond du Lac. Fond your own. Fine, well, I, you know, you find all what you can at this point. But I'm just saying Fond du Lac. To me, that's a nice name for a city. Green yeah. Bay. Who the hell wants you know, to go to a Green Bay? Now, and if they were from Fond du Lac, you would have to call them like the Jacks. The Fondy Fond Jacks? Fond du Lac Jacks. You know what I'm saying? It just sounds right. <laughs> now, I want to throw something out there. Now, going back to the Chicago complex with New York, and I will admit, a lot of people have that. And it kind of bothers them. I'm like, come on, people, quit hating. But, when, you know, when you go to New York, if you mention, oh, I'm from Chicago, our beef is better than yours, and they just start, they just start throwing stuff out. So there's a little bit of conflict because they realize our city isn't as big, but it's a million times more efficient over here in the city. So I, I would have to say there's some New Yorkers that they they, they kind of get puppy chested when you bring Chicago up too. Well, that's so, anywhere so, you get like big cities, except for LA because nobody seems to really care about LA. Yeah, no, no and they even admit, oh yeah, LA. Wait, they're LA saying LA. New York is more efficient or Chicago is more efficient? Oh no, no, no! I, when you talk about efficiency, you, it depends on what you're talking about in the. Yeah, exactly. It's, so, like the, the transportation system, in New York is amazing. Like best in the freaking world. Nobody can beat uh, Chicago politicians' pension plans, though. Yeah, it was, 
and nobody can be co- a garbage collection in the city of Chicago. If you think about how they do that, it's really amazing. The mm-hmm. city of Chicago, how much garbage. And in New York, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you got to be a rocket scientist now. And you got the blue garbage cans. you got the green. you got, you know, one day is one, one day is the other. What goes in who? It's very complicated. I think you have to get a minor in trashiology to actually figure it out. But uh, if, once you do, you're right. It's a good system. It's a good system. But, uh, Big Dog, we got uh, lots to talk about here. NFL, round them up and wrap them up. Some great games yesterday. We definitely got to go over Bears-Packers. We got Double B, Brian Bauer, in studio for those uh, new to the show. And, Brian, as always, we have new people jumping on board here, new listeners all the time. Unfortunately, based on our ratings, appears to be a lot of people jumping off board as well. Well, you know, what you hope is that you have one more on board for every time, you know, one jumps yes, off. Yes, that's what we hope. And our hope, our hope here on our ratings is about equivalent of hoping when the Bears hand off the football. You do what you got to do. That's where our success yeah, By we, the way, dude, we need to open up some more holes, big dog, somehow. Uh, yeah, fellas, it's it's pretty sad watching that it was how poorly the offensive line play because we know there's there's offensive lines that are great run, like run blockers, but they don't pass block. Well, they make up for not pass blocking by not run blocking whatsoever. <laughs> it's, 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 it's really an embarrassment. We make up for our lack of jumping ability with no speed. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, last year Olin Krutz told them who they weren't going to block. Hey, you're not going to be able to block that guy. Okay, Olin. <laughs> Well, this year, they don't even know who they're not supposed to be able to block. Oh, goodness. Yeah, but, you know, here's the thing I had a problem with. And I, what, I got in last night at midnight. Like you said, I got back from Mexico. We had, like, a six-hour delay in Dallas-Fort Worth because that's where you want to be for six hours. And you're here this morning. Oh, yeah. I, it, well, this morning, I TV'd the Bears game. I watched it all this morning. That's and, impressive. And here's what I can tell you. I would like someone to call me and tell me they're going to lose before every game. Or win. That way I know whether to watch it live or TiVo. Because honestly, you know, lost TiVo is much better. You don't have to watch the replays as much. You just kind of shoot through it as much. Mm-hmm. But, but as I watched it this morning, here's my thinking. You made such a big deal about getting bigger, stronger offensive linemen. And yet you're going to pull the tackles, pull the guards, pull the center. The problem is when you go bigger, those guys are technically slower usually than these smaller, faster offensive linemen that we had before. So when you go with these long delays, you know, you're waiting for Chris Williams to go you know, oafing over the corner, and he How watches his Clay many, Matthews run past him. How many times? I'm so glad you brought that up. The people that I was with, they were getting sick of me here, and I'm like, why are you pulling Williams when Clay Matthews runs right past his face every time? If that happened the second time, I, as an offensive line coach, I would grab him and say, either you're afraid to hit Clay Matthews or you're the slowest human being on the planet. You're sitting your butt down. Either or. It, uh, it happened at least four times in the yeah. game. Or the scheme was incorrect. I'll give you a third, though. The scheme could be incorrect. You can't ask. Scheme's horrible. And Chris Williams is, you know, he's got decent foot quickness for a, a uh, big offensive lineman. He's not super slow, but you, but Clay Matthews, I mean, he's always fast. He had his motor going double speed yesterday. Just unbelievable. He just not only quick, but he never gives up. But maybe the scheme is wrong. But you can't have a pulling guard trying to block the quickness and explosiveness of uh, Clayton Matthews. You're 100% right. Instead of pulling towards him, you line up, you buckle up, and you hammer it at that little dude. I know he's, yep. I know his arms look jacked, but that's what you have to do. You cannot let him run around on the play. You have to let him keep his base, drop his butt, and, and make a tackle. You cannot let him run for a play because you're going to lose every time. Well, what's the point of having big offensive linemen and that klutz guy? you you got that giant 250-pound you know, fullback klutz. I never see him lined up in the O. Give me a, a straight I formation. Give me even a T formation, an offset. Form. I don't care. Just give me a fullback in front of a running back 
put him behind one of those big, fat offensive linemen and road grade. You got to do better than two yards in a whole half if you do that, rather than you got to get fancy. Oh, well, we're going to put three guys in motion. We're going to move the one guy over here. Then we're going to take Forte. We're going to take him out of a wide receiver position, move him to the running back. Then we're going to do a soft delay where we pull the guard and the tackle. Sometimes Martz, he, he, you know, the problem is our offensive coordinator is more aggressive than our defensive coordinator. Our offensive coordinator has these plans and diagrams. I have, I have this picture he's, of just rooms with blackboards in his house. He's the bad scientist. Right. He's just, yeah, just, you know, in the middle of the night, he gets up at four in the morning, hair all disheveled. <laughs> I gotta play. <laughs> we're gonna pull, we're gonna play the tackle. Then we're gonna pull the center the other direction. Then we're gonna pull the guard the opposite direction. We're gonna have five guys pulling all in different directions. No one is gonna see where it comes. Then we're gonna hand it off to the, to the fullback. Then what he's gonna do, he's gonna pass it to a wide receiver and he's gonna go in motion. And then we're gonna gain three yards. Play. Write it. That's what I see every time the guy does anything. It's ridiculous. In the meantime, our defense, well, we're going to let them get as many yards as they can. We're going to hope to stop them before they score a touchdown. Hope to cause a turnover. We have a passive defense and an aggressive offense. It's backwards. Give it to me backwards. <laughs> and, and the players, Sorry, I have a lot of rage after yesterday's travel time. I'm just well, saying. <laughs> the players on the Bears' defense are extremely aggressive, yet the Bears on the players' offense are extremely passive. So... If you think, and then the, and I agree with you, the philosophies of both. It's so jacked up. I have a question for you guys. Is Kurt Warner the Bears starting quarterback? No, huh? the answer, right? No, right? Well, right. as soon as, since Kurt Warner isn't the Bears starting quarterback, they have the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL with Mike Martin. If they can't, if the guy can't figure out that you have to protect Jay Cutler, constantly five guys go out in pressure and constantly Four defensive linemen beat the five offensive linemen on the Bears, and Jay Cutler gets beat up. Well, they did better. Why, 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 why can't he figure it out? Yeah, first half. Yeah, and you're right, Coach. I, I will say this. First half, they were better. The problem with Cutler, I've noticed, is now he's so gun-shy yep. that when the pressure starts to come, which had happened in the third quarter, yep. that all of a sudden it's almost like something goes off in his head like, I don't have any time, and he starts to make mistakes. Because he's already ready to get pounded. So in his head, he's like, okay, that's it, uh, uh, throw the ball away, or throw the ball interception, or you know, I'm going to run out of the pocket when I don't need to run out of the pocket, because he's been hit so many times, he's afraid. And you can talk about Kurt Warner all you want, that guy was a concussed mess when he left St. Louis. So you're exactly right. I, my, I, I do not want Mike Marks as the Bears offense coordinator, was my point. That's I, I want to get out there. I do not want this anymore. Let him go <coughs> Excuse me, be the offense coordinator for some other team in the NFL, let them throw for 350 yards a game and go 6-10. and 10. Okay, I have no problem. Think about it. Besides the Rams, he was the, with the Lions. They didn't win a game. He was with the 49ers. They had all these expectations while he was there. They were horrible. And now he's been with the Bears. Yeah. And uh, On the other hand, Big Dog, they, they, he did uh, via Uncle uh, Marvin, Uncle Marvin Martz, who uh, we, we found out Mike Martz does not listen to our show, but occasionally Uncle Marvin does. And, and last week, Big Dog, both you and me agreed that, hey, Throw the ball down the field. What is with this dink and dunk stuff? And that's one of the things I've always liked about Mike Martz. At least yesterday they did attempt to get the ball downfield. A lot of times it was overthrown. A few times it was caught, and a lot of times it was dropped. But they did adjust to that, and I want to thank Uncle Marvin for passing that message along. And I will say this. If Johnny Knox actually catches a few passes yesterday, who knows what happens. And those 20-yard passes down the field, would be complete, and all of a sudden, who knows what happens? Yeah. Well, Knox, it Davis, was like, uh, Klutz. There was a period there it, where everybody was dropping. It was something. like Brian on day two of his Mexican vacation. The Bears had a lot of the drops. You're right. It was Nick. It was Knox. Tyler Klutz had a definite. Yeah. 
uh, a slight case of droppage. Kellen Davis, the tight end. Sorry, I'm still thinking about that. Thank it's you very a great much. analogy. Uh, you don't have to that get might have been it. one of your best ever. Feel free not to get into it. Roy Williams, did he uh, <laughs> he dropped the touchdown pass, right, Big Dome? Roy Williams. Let me say to Roy Williams. Now, the, the Jay Cutler's first interception, and you guys described it perfectly because he threw it off his back foot when he could have stepped into the ball yep. and threw a rocket after the He did the first pump. Williams goes up the sidelines, and he, uh, the color doesn't throw it flat enough, and the, and the, what do you call it, the safety is able to get over there fast enough in order to intercept the ball. But did you guys, did, did you notice, and did you get upset about the fact that Roy Williams didn't even try for the pass? Did you guys, did anybody else notice that? I didn't notice it. He legitimately, when he was overthrown, he like, let it go, and next you know a Packer flies in. If he continues to run, I think he has a shot at the ball, mm-hmm. or at least break it up. You know, the, you got to continue to play in the NFL. It isn't like, oh, you play until you don't think there's a play left. No, you play till the whistle. Isn't that what you're taught from your Pee Wee League and five years old? Absolutely. I thought Troy Aikman brought up. So I got distracted a little bit. Brian, you're not watching it here, but there's a fascinating item. Are you it's talking about the, the hair thing? The, the micro, micro touch, touch yeah. Max. I'm no, watching one of these paid adverts. This thing cuts ear hair, yeah. nose arm, hair. Arm hair, I've it noticed. It gets the hair around the chest, the little yeah. parts are the unsightly thing. It's got neon green with the black tip. As Looks I get older, it's use. starting to look really good to me. I'll be honest with you. I, I've hit that older point. I got mark. <laughs> What's that now? 1-800-757-4. Sorry, Big Dope. But uh, you're exactly right. <laughs> you are exactly right. What were you talking about? <laughs> uh, I'm not very happy with the Bears receivers, Coach. And, no. and I'm not happy with the images I was just getting from the UU. Yeah. It, it's not pretty. Uh, you know, it is what it is. But. What's not pretty? Are you talking about the micro touch, Max? It's very, very pretty. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, assistant producer, uh, and I'm not sure what the hell he does, but he spends a lot of time here. Randy Myers basically asked me, uh, Coach, what do you think about the game? And Big Dog, I told him, you know, you can analyze a lot of things, but uh, the, the Packers are a better team than the Bears. How about that for an analysis? Yeah, yeah, yeah I will. Uh, I'll have to agree with you, and the Bears are uh, – Extremely lucky to, uh, I thought, to even keep it close for how poorly that the Bears played. As a Bears fan, things need to be corrected. I'm not going to yeah. sit here and just be like, oh, the Packers are better. Mm-hmm. It's over with. No, the Bears need to start getting things corrected yeah. so they can go out and still win 10 or 11 games this year. They uh, they need to do what I did and, and beat the Spurs. Now, Brian, you were enjoying a wonderful vacation outside of day two, which we won't talk about. No, actually, it was day three. But In Mexico, so you missed our award-winning shows last week, but I've been off to a brutal start and beat the Schmoes. Uh, what are you at? After my, I was two and seven. Okay. In, after my most successful year ever last year. Okay. And so what I, you know, I didn't put up with it. And basically, after week three, after the, uh, you know, the, the, another O for three week following two one for two, fired my entire beat the small staff. Interesting. Administrative staff, the consultants, even fired the intern. I say, when I got put up with it, we got soft in the offseason, brought in a new crew. I go two and one next week. Well, here's what I worry That's about. That's what the Bears need to do, big dog. They need to make some changes immediately, shake things up a little bit. Well, changes that offense coordinator. I thought you said bring Mike Tice, make him the offense coordinator. Didn't you mention something like that? No, 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 no. That was mentioned in the papers. That oh. was not me. Brian, what do you okay. – uh, you can't make a change right now, though, with Mark. No, but, but what irritates me is the way the Bears operate. Like last year, you gave Lovey an extension. You know, okay, so now what are you going to do? You know they're not going to fire him. So Martz is done at the end of the season anyway. His contract's up. So you're going to bring in a new offense coordinator for what? The two years left on Lovey's extension? So it, it's like this weird circle of stupid payments. It's like we brought in Angelo. Angelo, you know, gets some, gets Lovey. Lovey brings in enough to get to a Super Bowl. What people forget is that defense that went to the Super Bowl was run by Ron Rivera, who's not a passive individual. 
So he fought with Lovey for a full year and a half over how they were running their systems. The reason they were so successful is because you had that conflict, yeah. I think. By the way, they uh, are playing Carolina, Ron Rivera next And by week. the way, Carolina, have you noticed under Ron Rivera, their first-year head coach? Playing better. Right, offense is playing solid. That defense yeah. this week has stepped it up a notch. I think long-term. He's a good answer for that team. I think he's always had that talent in him. There's, there's two ex-Bears I wouldn't mind uh, seeing coaching the Chicago Bears right now, Big Doe. One was Jeff Fisher. I've been saying that oh, yeah. for years. And two, Ronnie Rivera. I, I would have no problem at all with either of those guys wearing the bear cap, throwing the yellow flag on the sidelines. No, or the red flag. I, I love uh, the emotion in those guys. I love the intensity. And I, I love their style of play, which is offensively pounded at you and thrown over the top and, and defensively. Yep. Put hit the quarterback. I mean, they they put an emphasis on hit the quarterback. You know, let's not have a quarterback sit back there and you pick you apart. Let's make a play. Let's force them to throw it up in the mm-hmm. air. So, Brian, just think what uh, Jeff Fisher could do with that thing we just saw advertised on TV, the micro hair <laughs> remover thing. If that thing met his mustache, something would get. Yeah, that thing. Have you seen that that mustache? <laughs> that thing's solid ironclad, my think, friend. That thing is that's wax beyond wax. That that that's probably, probably got more product right. than my hair does, I, and that's saying the, something. The micro hair removal thing, as good as it is, as electronic as it, I don't, I think it would meet its match in Fisher's mustache. There, there's, there's a walrus that, that's going to try to kidnap Jeff Fisher just so he can keep him as a pet for that mustache. <laughs> oh goodness! What were we? Thirteen rushing yards, big duck. Big Dog and Brian Bow are both a couple of uh, number crunchers, like blue like collar, game? huh? Was there a reverse or something like that late in the game that they they got like ten or fifteen yards on? They got it to thirteen. I, I haven't quite figured out how they got it to thirteen, but something like one point one rush, I think the lowest, or one of the lowest in Chicago Bear history, and that goes back a few years. That's yeah, saying it, something. It that that's that's extremely sad. Now, besides that, the one thing I wanted to take away, and as far as you guys haven't brought up now. Obviously, there's 51 seconds left in the game. I doubt it would have made a difference. Oh, yes. But yes. The, the, one of the greatest plays I've ever seen, ever, ever in any sport, the, bull, the Bears pull off yesterday, yep. and they call holding on Corey Graham, yep. which, by the way, hopefully you watched the end of this game, Brian. You know what I'm talking about. Well, unfortunately, I watched all of it. seen the holding yet? Nobody has seen it. No one has seen the holding on Corey Graham. Well, in the referee's defense, Corey Graham said he should have let the guy, let the guy go. So he didn't say he helped. But he gave the referee a chance to make the call. But here's what happened. The play was so great, and you're absolutely right, big dog. And it happened at the end of the game. It caught the cameras off guard. It caught Aikman and Buck, who were the announcers, completely off guard because right. they were in wrap-up mode. But here we here we are with both the two Packers, Rodgers, and I think Greg Jennings said it was one of the they on all the years they've been playing football. They said it's one of the greatest plays they've ever seen pulled off and it became almost an afterthought in the game uh-huh. because of when it happened but uh, the referee got faked out too because he thought Hester was going to get the ball and and all right you know it was close enough where I got a call hold I'm going to give the referee the benefit of the doubt and say that if he knew Johnny Knox was having the ball 30 yards away he wouldn't have thrown the flag at least I hope that's the case I think the ref got faked out as well I, I'm assuming so. Is, it, is that like uh, when Clayton Kershaw can't get a call strike because he just keeps dropping that nasty curve right over the plate? Mm-hmm. All day? It's like one of those things where mm-hmm. pulling the umpire. But what? It's so bad because that was what a play. Who knows what could happen? The Bears have pulled off crazier comebacks, believe it or not, people. But, but that, even if they didn't come back, that was one of the greatest special teams play I've ever seen designed, and of course executed at perfection. Uh, oh, totally got me. Totally, completely got me. Completely. Did you did you think I thought I missed it, but maybe they threw a pass. That's what I thought. And then I'm like, yeah, Wait, yeah, you I can't do that was, on a punt. I, I like immediately like right when I realized 
what was going on. I knew what happened. I was like, wow, that was a nice fake. But like, you I, did. I was still waiting for the ball to come into Devin Hester's hands. I'm like, there's 20 guys around Devin Hester. <laughs> Why was there not? All the Bears are blocked like it's the end of the world. You know, it was pretty cool. It was, it, it was, uh, it, it was set up perfectly. And it may be, maybe if you think about it, just Johnny Knox running to a sideline this year while Devin Hester's catching a punt mm-hmm. gets one or two guys out of their lane and it opens up a crease for Devin Hester. Yep. I guarantee. Well, you know, special teams coaches are kind of like you described, Mike March, Brian. They oh, they stay up late late at yeah. night. Like, I guarantee there's some high school, college, pro special teams coaches that are are going to work with that. We'll we'll see variations of that down the road. But uh, copycat coaching is uh, nothing to be ashamed of. You t- you you steal good ideas. But there's another coach that's been on this roster for a long time. The Tauber. Oh, completely underrated. I mean, I you know you look at what he's done with Hester and Knox. And God, for a while there, Manning was returning punts as well and kicks. The guy always seems to come up with that one little hitch, that one mm-hmm. little something that nobody else sees going. But you're right. He's also probably a guy who sits in a padded room with nothing but blackboards all day long. <laughs> like, I'm going to go here, and then we're going to throw it backwards. <laughs> then we're going to run around this corner, and six guys will block this one guy. <laughs> we win. Yeah, that's the way he operates, yeah. but he's insane, and I love it. Brad Maynard, by the way, that he dearly departed. Brad Maynard. By the way, I like our new punter, Adam. Podlish. 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 God Podlish. bless you. Uh, Brad Maynard did not have some nice things to say about him. You know what, though? Well, you know, the, the just guy, based on the last year. 15 years in the league and he, he gets cut, you know, maybe you have a bad thought he here was, or there. He was basically saying his bad year last year was due in a large part to he disagreed with some of the, the, the calls of Dave Taub where he wanted to boot it deep. Taub would call, you know, a chip punter, go for the corner. I forget the details, but... Yeah, but then wasn't Maynard the one who was considered by most of the league as one of the best coffin corner punt punters? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's what that's what he's been known so, as. So, so if that's your best skill, why would you kick it deep if that's what you can do? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you want to show off your leg? I don't know what's the point at this point. I mean, you're a punter. Every day you have a job is a good day. So what what is the deal? I mean, do what the coach says. Punt it out of bounds if he tells you to. Don't have it cause an issue with it. I, I think people sometimes get too far in their own heads where they think of themselves a lot better than they actually are. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And Brian, I'm sure you remember, and I know Coach knows this, I, I truly think a special team is one-third of the game, not like, oh, it's something that you do ten plays. The greatest yardage gained on those plays. So it's extremely important. But here's one thing. You're a punter. Shut up and listen to your coach. You get paid. He was a punter last year. He made at least $2 million a year, which meant he made $100,000 a game to catch a ball thrown between somebody's legs and kick the ball in the air where uh, some guy tells him to. And if he couldn't deal with what the coach said to him, go find another job he could pay $100,000 a day to go do. <laughs> but you're a punter. You're, yep. I mean, you're lucky they even let you on the team bus. No question about it. By the way, we haven't thrown the phone number out. We're so excited having Double B in the studio, a fired-up, enthusiastic, and over his imbibement over the weekend, scale 5 out of a 1 to 10 if you're keeping score at home. Uh, if you want to check in, talk some NFL football with us. We'll try to sneak in some college football. Tough to do. One-hour show here, but want to hear from you. 888-463-6748. 888-463-6748. By the way, Big Dog, almost robotic now. Almost machine-like is the beat the schmo picks of our producer David Olson, who cranks out yet another two to one weekend. Um, and I think you went one and two, correct? Um, I honestly, coach, I don't know. I may have been zero and three. So we need to check my. <laughs> I, I have to. Well, you picked uh, Arkansas over Alabama. We can safely say that one fell flat on its face. Well, it was thirty-one fourteen at one point. 
the let's not line. let's let's get over that one real quick. Let's just say Alabama's real good. Arizona State, you had over Oregon, you win that one. Oh, very good. So you're one on one, and then Ole Miss lost by fourteen, but they uh, you had them plus ten. Okay, yeah, that and that game was one of those right at the end of the games Georgia scored. Yeah. And uh, and Brian, right before that, Joel was seven and two against the spread on the season. Everybody hits a glitch. It's only week three. Glitch, what did yeah. Lovey say on the radio this morning? I heard. Yeah, it's a long season. Oh boy, we we got plenty of time. <laughs> we'll, we'll rectify the situation. Oh, yeah. well, three games into it, that's equivalent. I'm bad at. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad at math, big dog. But in baseball, that would be equivalent to about thirty games. Yeah, that's that's how you do it. Considering it's a yeah, 162 ball game. So it's early. Well, it's not even. They're not even done with the first quarter. How lovey says. So no matter what happens. If the Bears happen to lose to Carolina, they switch to one and three. It's all over. Now they got to focus on the second quarter. Go four and <laughs> well, what does Lovey do if they go to the 18 game season and his four quarters gets all messed up? Oh, boy. oh you have to go to third. Well, you think you go to thirds? <laughs> or maybe six. We're playing the six. We're only one eighteenth through We're the season. We're only two ninths through the season. Like it's going to throw him off completely. The man's not going to do the, what to do. You can, apparently, you can't change Lovey's personnel, but the Lovey Smith <laughs> press conferences. Have you heard those things? They're great. It's like they're well, they're not great. No, they're great because it's so bad. I'm amused it, it, by them. No, 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 no. Legitimately, if you watch them, when that question is asked, you could pause and we can we play the game in our house. Who's going to say what Lovey says? <laughs> and whoever is the closest has to drink. Yeah, but but I got a different angle on it. Just listening this year is the the tension, the tension and the seriousness. It's like the reporters are afraid to ask anything, you know, over the edge a little bit, or God forbid, put some humor. We need a couple of reporters. Maybe you, Brian Bow. Now that you're back from your vacation, throw caution to the wind. Big Dog's got too much of a reputation to uphold somebody, <laughs> somebody to go in serious and lighten up the damn press conference, loosen it up a little bit. And when Lovey avoids the question, follow up and say, "Well, Lovey, that wasn't really what I what I asked you. What I meant was." But they're they're like so so tiptoeing on the tulips. They've taken that quiet, serious tone of Lovey Smith, lighten it up, bring up a stand-up what I, comedian. What I like to ask. Lovey, do you ever feel like going over to Mike Marks and choking him when you see Jay Culler hit five <laughs> plays in a row? When it's third and two, Lovey, and you have five receivers on the field and none of them turn their head after running one yard down the field to, for a quick route, do you feel like going over to Mike Marks and ripping his headset off and start calling plays? I mean, why doesn't somebody just say it to him? I think Lovey could take Mike Marks, don't you think, in a fight? It would be good. I think so. I, I just want Tice. I wouldn't want him to stay. It seems like the two most aggressive coaches when you have interviews with them, it's Mike Tice and the wide receivers coach. Daryl Drake. Daryl Drake. Yeah, yeah. From now on, I want them to do all press conferences. Just avoid everybody else. Have Mike Tice talk about the offensive line. Mm -hmm. Have Drake come out and talk about the wide receiving core. You know, they both snap like twigs. It'll be fun to listen to. And we can avoid We got who we got. Root for him. Stop complaining. Yeah, because our receivers are who they are. Honestly, like, listen, Lovey's not going to give you anything. And if he doesn't like the question, he comes back aggressive. And from what I've heard, the reason that people are so tiptoey through everything is the PR department doesn't play it the way they should. The PR department is so touchy-feely about everything that goes on mm-hmm. that if a guy asks a question that Lovey doesn't like, all of a sudden that guy doesn't get as many interviews. That guy doesn't get as much access as everybody else. I think we need They're to playing the power game through the whole thing. Let's send Big Dog and his friend Bruiser down, and they can get a little touchy-feely, if you know what I mean, with the PR department. Hey, now. Dave Wanstead started that whole tradition with the Chicago Bears, honestly, with the whole piece. 
Well, actually, I heard it, it was the PR department. It was the PR department that started it because Dave Wanstead had a problem of telling too much to people. And I heard the PR department had to put a clamp on everything on their okay. department. So maybe they but I do, because like the Dicker era, it, 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 the Bears couldn't get enough publicity. Bad publicity was good publicity, according to them. But you're right now, it's like, it's like, it's like the CIA over there. It's like, oh, oh, oh we can't answer these questions. It's, 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 it's kind of funny. But if I, if I did want to see a fight on the sidelines, it would be Tyson Mark. Tice takes the pencil out of his ear, <laughs> stabs Mark, right marks his neck. You know, it'd be, it'd be nice. <laughs> oh, things are getting ugly after David Olson. A couple of more losses. This show could really head down the wrong, uh, wrong avenue. All right, that, that's really taken to another level, though. I mean, if you remember, who was it that uh, punched uh, another coordinator on the sideline? Oh yeah, Kevin Gilbride got punched by. By Buddy Ryan. By Buddy Ryan, right. Now you're getting to a, a pencil in the eyeball. You're getting you're starting to get weaponry on the sidelines. It's uh-huh. going to be a something. It's not bad. Though. I like it. I'm all for a it. Little lead, it. A little lead poisoning is, you know, it's... <laughs> Might kill him. <laughs> but by the way, I think the Buddy Ryan punching Kevin Gilbert on the sidelines because yep. he was running the run and shoot and kept throwing the ball when they yep. should have run it. Yep. It's still one of the funniest things that has ever happened in sports. Yep. A young Kevin Gilbride day. Classless, all that stuff, but he kept yelling at him, run the ball! He kept yelling, and finally he went over and punched him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> a coordinator punched another coordinator yeah, in an NFL Sunday night game. <laughs> to this day, I, I still, when I think of that, I laugh. I know it's classless and bad, but I, I just kind of have to laugh. It, it was good theater, no doubt about it. And Kevin Gilbride, who you know, was embarrassed after that, didn't look very good, but he's went on to... Have a pretty good long, if not uh, somewhat extended NFL career. So the guy survived. That buddy Ryan, by the way, um, not in the best of health. No, but you know what? You got to thank the Ryan family. They've given us more entertainment over yep. the last 20, 30 years than any other family in football. Because mm-hmm. it was, if you think about it, there are some family histories in football. You got the Mannings, who, quite fr- frankly, to me, just look like slack jogged hillbillies. You know, just that. Uh, by the way, Peyton Manning gone for the 2011 season. Cheap shot. No, I, I hate the family. I've, I just started with the whole father, Eli Manning, New York Giants, San Diego Charger thing. From then on, I just have a, a loathing for the family. I can't We didn't even have the NFL round him up, wrap him up coming up. I would uh, go further with you. But we will, but, but whatever. On. What other family has brought you more entertainment value than the Ryan family? And they're not even players. They're just guys going out there coaching and, and yapping it up. But the three Bryans. The twin brothers and the father. Entertainment value for the last 30 years. The Brady Bunch would be uh, one thought that comes to mind. Sanford and Son. Sanford and Son. I'm talking about football families. Oh, okay. well, yes. so I, I do like the Sanford and Son. Now you ask me what nice. families have given me entertainment. Give me a football but... family that's given you that much entertainment. You can't. Yeah, you talk about a sitcom that stands the taste test of time. The Sanford and Son, that, that without question. <laughs> okay. Once again, we are short attention span. Oh, we really are. <laughs> Elizabeth, really are. I'm coming to join you, Elizabeth. Oh, Grady, by the way. One of the greatest uh, assistant side, what do they call it? Um, sidekicks? No, yeah, sidekick. One of the great sidekick characters of all Who time. was the aunt, the aunt Esther? Uh, aunt Esther. Esther I, yeah. I liked her for just simple what she was. Come yeah. in, annoy everybody, get out. She was good. Uh, I'll, I'll think of her. Uh, Esther and Esther. And Esther. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, hey, big dog, real quick now. We got to do NFL round them up, wrap them up, a quick recap of some of the games, and we got to finish the show finding out, uh, all the things we can talk about on a family show about the Brian Bauer Mexican vacation. What was it, a four-day excursion? It was four days. All right, so we got to get to <laughs> Real quick, before uh, that, let us uh, go over NFL, round them up and wrap them up. Let's make it a quick inversion. First of all, Buffalo knocks off New England 34-31. Make sure I got this right. Tom Brady gets intercepted four times by the Bills in the big upset, and last year in the entire season, 
He was intercepted four times. You got that exactly right. Wow. Though. And and they were up twenty-one nothing, and they have no ability to run the football. And even the great Patriots with the lead, they can't hold it if you can't run the football. So the the, hmm. the Buffalo Bills right now Super Bowl favorite. And I know Brian, when you made out your uh, prediction at the start of the season, you had the Bills going three and out, right? No, I had them as about a five hundred T. But honestly, you look at Fitzpatrick and his maturity over the last like two years, three years. I mean, the guy comes in there and he is a legit NFL quarterback. I, I didn't mean, know him from Adam until they played the Bears that came last from year. Harvard. When I watched him play the Bears, like, hey, this kid's not bad. Right? You got you know you got what Stevie Johnson is a wide receiver over there. They've got a nice assembly of talent that nobody seems to notice because, quite frankly, they live in Buffalo mm-hmm. and we don't see them in our market a lot. Of course, you know, I saw it. I was stuck in an airport watching that game, and I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was fantastic. And down twenty-one nothing at half, big dog. No, it wasn't at half, but it was early. It was before halftime. It was twenty-one nothing. Wow. And and uh, Brian, you hit it exactly on that. No one knows these guys because they're from Buffalo. And don't forget, all these guys: Harvard, Central Arkansas, NAIA schools. Like all these guys went to like or junior colleges. These were like the people nobody wanted. Well, you got to pick up guys who'll be happy to work in Buffalo. That's a thin list. Do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you want to play in the NFL? Yes, you got to play in Buffalo. Really? Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. it's not Jacksonville. All my, right. <laughs> my, ham, my, ham, my hamstring's been bothering me. <laughs> By the way, in defeat, in defeat to Wesley Welker, uh, unbelievable day. 16 catches. That's pretty close to the Bears' total number of catches. And that's not a joke. That's for real in three games. Yeah. Wesley Welker, 16 catches, 217 yards. Big dunk. Coach, he had 12 at halftime, so the Bills obviously did something to adjust to that. Wow. So, yeah, he uh, he had 12 catches for 171 yards and a touchdown. So they they put the clamps on him in the second half, I'm assuming, Coach. Well, he still finished. Welker finished with 217 yards and two TDs. Yes. I mean, so even the clamps, not so great. <laughs> All right, real quick, game number two, NFC North Division, Minnesota Vikings, Detroit Lions. Great ball game for the third consecutive week. The Vikings out in front. They're looking great. At halftime, things fall apart in the second half. Great comeback by the Lions. Down 20 to nothing. An overtime field goal. Third consecutive week, Big Dog. The Vikings go down to defeat after leading early. Coach, uh, yesterday I was in a place without the Red Zone channel. I didn't know what I was going to do. I had to watch two football games yesterday. So it was Minnesota and uh, Detroit and also uh, New Orleans versus Houston going back and forth between those games. What a beauty to see Detroit go into Minnesota and beat those fans were booing and acting like idiots at the end of the game. Like that idiot's funny idiot. But mm-hmm. idiots as in like, really? Get some class. It's yep. season's over Minnesota. They will not have a sellout the rest of the year. They won't have more than fifty thousand people in that arena. Yep. I'm not kidding. The O and three season's done in Minnesota. Off to an O and three start. Things not good in Minnesota. You were when watching I, the red it? zone channel. The one announcer had a great line. He said he was watching the Houston-New Orleans scoring fiasco, he thought he was watching the Red Sea Channel, the way the defense is played. Go ahead, Brad. <laughs> but seriously, when are they just going to pull the plug on McNabb? I thought the guy was done in Washington. You had to know something was wrong with the Eagles when they they let him go and they traded him. In, pull in, the plug. Just in, go. In your vernacular, beep. Yeah. Beep. Clear. <laughs> beep. Hey, oh, well, next. <laughs> I, I love Donovan McNabb. I don't like to see him struggle and look bad, and especially in Minnesota. Because now he's dead to me. So it's, it's, I wish he, I just wish he didn't show up in Minnesota. Destroyed Star Christian Ponder. 
spend a first round draft pick on him. Let's find out what the kid has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll be playing pretty soon. All right, game three in the docket. We alluded to it, a scoring fest, New Orleans and Houston at the Superdome. Remember how New Orleans took apart the Bears, but Houston controlled most of the game. Big dog, 11 point lead heading into the fourth quarter, but no. Drew Brees, couple of touchdown passes. The Saints win again, 40 to 33. They, I mean, the, whenever you're watching the Saints play, it's difficult to tell what they're going to run on offense. Like, legitimately, you watch play after it, they do such a good job of mixing it up and having different formations and keeping it a defense off balance. Then you have a defense like the Texans, who were the worst pass defense in the history of the league last year. I kind of expected a 40 to 33 game coach, and that's what we got. <laughs> what a barn burner that was. Great, great ball. It was a great weekend, weekend number three of NFL football as we opened up the show. Uh, Brian, New York Giants knock off Philadelphia. The Eagle love is wearing thin. It's not quite working so great. Michael Vick injures his right hand, but being the NFL expert that you are, you know he is a left-handed thrower, correct? Yeah, but unfortunately, I just read, I read something this morning saying he could be out two to four weeks. So, because you got, I mean, you got to put the hand under, right? Exactly. How you how you how you do a one handed eh, snap? Come on, tape it up. I mean, the, the guy's good, but what are you doing? The shotgun and try to catch it one handed every single time? Tape it up. It looks like we might be seeing who's the backup from Northwestern over there. Mike Kafka. I think we might see a Kafka sighting because I think they've been skipping Vince Young every time like, yeah. he gets hurt. So I, I love Northwestern, but if Mike Kafka is going to come out, exclamation <laughs> mark, I might tape it up and get him out there. Tape it, just like the punctured lung of Troy Aikman tonight, big dog. And, and by the snap way, it. tape it up and get him out there. Give the Giants a little love as well. I mean, come on, Cruz? Who's Cruz? This, this wide Victor receiver Cruz? came out of nowhere. He like just bombed I, on him yesterday. I loved him in the remake of Straw Dogs, which is coming out. Really? I thought he was related to Tom Cruise. Yeah. No? Big dog. No relation. It's a big win for the Giants, though, dog. No question. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, honestly, you go in there, the, the Giants' season, obviously not on the line, but they've had a lot of injuries. They've they had tough luck. So that, that was a huge, huge win for them. Now, all of a sudden, the Dream Team, is it, they signed Vince Young because they know uh, Michael Vick's going to get hurt throughout of a season. Throughout the season is pretty much a guarantee. And now he's been hurt the whole entire time. They haven't got to use him. So mm-hmm. I guess he's going to be the – I mean, isn't that, isn't that crazy? They're down to Mike Costa, this whole Dream Team. They spend a trillion dollars on Nandi Osamoa, and now they got to rely on a guy that they <laughs> didn't expect to throw past for a couple of seasons. He's from Northwestern. He'll do just fine. Thank you very much. Dan Persis should be the first-round pick of the Bears next week, uh, next year. <laughs> Tampa Bay knocked off Atlanta. Big Dog 16-13. Great game here. Double B. Tampa Bay Buccaneers up to 2-1. Atlanta disappointment thus far. It's early. Don't panic. They sacked Matt Ryan four times. They turned it over three times. The Falcons falling apart. Big win for the Buck. Well, you know, the Buccaneers kind of did the Bears motto in game one. They they got it all with the pressure up the middle. And Ryan is showing, what did they call him when he first came out? Matty Ice? Yep. That was his yeah. nickname? Yep. Not so much. Ice cracking. As soon as you hit him a few times, Matty Ice, oh, Matty ice, Meltdown. Ice that's, beginning that's, to crack. Oh, not good. So the Buccaneers basically did the same thing. Came up the gut, pounded him. I saw a little bit of the third quarter, just pounded him. And then as soon as they started hitting him, he started making bad mistakes from fumbling the ball to not making the right reads to just kind of getting rid of the ball as soon as he could because he started getting afraid. The protection's not good in Atlanta. And I think a lot of teams are looking at what the Bears did and now what the Buccaneers did and say, okay, here's where we're going to attack. We're going to go up the gut as far as hitting the guard in the center, and we're going to come from these two different angles and basically put as much pressure on Maddie and see if he can do it. Not so much Maddie Ice. Yeah, you're talking about how their protection hasn't been good. They can't run the ball either. Michael Turner has got no place to run. He had like what, 20 yards yesterday. And not a good day whatsoever. No, and, and honestly, Turner. between Ryan shaking in his boots and you had you know Turner not getting any running yardage, and you have these great wide receiver weapons who, quite frankly, just aren't getting the ball because they don't have the time to get it free. Yeah, and 
you know what the, the funniest thing about the whole game? We talked about like mistakes made uh, in the Bears game. Fourth and one, Tampa Bay going for it uh, on the 45-yard line with a three-point lead and about a minute to go in the game. If they don't get it, they're get the, giving the ball right back to Atlanta. And they're obviously going to call a timeout. They start doing the thing, like that. And a guy from Atlanta jumped over the line and landed on the quarterback. They won the game. Raheem, that's, they won the game on the offside penalty. You should have saw the Tampa Bay sideline. They erupted in laughter. They're like, it worked. Yeah, but did you see the defensive coordinator on the other side? The defensive coordinator on the other side, I swear to God, would start pulling hair. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Hands over his face, screaming out obscenities. It was awesome. Yeah, it was bad. It was, yeah, it was, coaches, you got to see that. It's without doubt the moment of the weekend is watching a whole entire sideline erupt and laugh. I I did miss that. I saw plenty of, as well as both you guys did, plenty of offsides penalties in the Bear Packer game. My goodness, the first quarter. Was like, come on, folks, learn your cadence. Instead, the referees are just firing the flag away. By the way, the guy doing the Bears Packers game yesterday, the ref, what's his name? Mike Carey. He's the best in the biz. He's good. He's excellent. Keeps the game moving. I, I, well, I wish he didn't have to call so many penalties. And I want to throw this out there, too. And I know people aren't going to like to hear this, but Bears fans who go to the games, could you at least show some energy and, and make some noise when the Packers yep. have the ball on the Bears 10 yard line? They shouldn't be able to call an audible let alone have a whole check-with-me system. It's ridiculous. Do you notice the lack? I, I didn't even have this written down in my uh, many, many notes that I take for this show, professionalism for the job. Thank goodness we don't have a laugh track on this show. Um, but very few fan shots. Very few fan shots from Fox Sports. I- well, first of all, I noticed that when – who's their, their fullback that they always – what the hell is the guy's name now? For the Bears? No, 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 for Green Bay. Oh, yeah. Coon. Coon. When he got caught a pass, I heard this echo of Coon throughout the stadium, which basically, Ooh. the way it sounded, said to me that that had to be a 50-50 split as far as fan base goes. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed this from, I usually go to that game every year. This year I missed it because I was still flying in. But every year I've been there, I notice a lot more Green Bay fans every single time. Bears fans giving up their tickets. So I think that screws up the whole thing. What's home field advantage if you don't have the right amount of cheering going on at the right time? Yeah, Plus, if you don't have the ability to eliminate a team's audible system, then you don't have a home field advantage whatsoever. Right. Then, then honestly, once you're that passive and you let a team march on you for 80 yards, the defense starts to look around, or the fans start to look around like, dude, what am I cheering for? Finley's going to get another touchdown? I mean, what the hell? I mean, stop the guy for the love of God. I'm sick of watching Briggs get, like, Beaten by the guy. I'm sick of watching our, our backup safeties get beaten by the guy. It was horrible. All right. 888-463-6748. Regularly, we would continue on with our NFL round em up, wrap em up, some other good games as well. We may have to do that a little bit, Big Dog, on Residue Tuesday. But real quick, while we got uh, a celebrity in the house, Double B Brian Bauer, back from a four-day excursion. Was this a business and or pleasure? It was all pleasure. Who's just happy to get oh. out of town? So maybe maybe of we can't talk about it on this show. What's that? What part of Mexico did you go? Puerto Vallarta. We stayed in Nuevo Vallarta in a place called Rio Jalisco, which uh-huh. was just out of this world. One of those all-inclusive resorts. What's it called? Mm-hmm. Rio Jalisco. That's Mexican for run the football, by the way. Yeah, I, we get off the bus running. <laughs> when I got there, that's it. we got off the bus. They handed me a ball. They said, start running. Good job. We get off the bus running. <laughs> You know, here in Rio Jalisco. It was great. I mean, honestly, I got to go zip lining in the Sierra Madre Mountains. Wow. Uh, got to see some animals I've never seen before in my life. Got to do some rappelling while I was up there, which was fantastic. And you were with a, a big group, right? Uh, there's 12 of us total. Wow. So it was nice Wife, because it was great. Wife or girlfriend? Uh, yeah. So, uh, 
<laughs> no, the wife was there. So, but you got to remember that honestly, with a group like that, it's great because if some people don't want to do something, they just go hang at the beach. You know, there's some that were more active than others that really wanted to do stuff. I'm one of those guys that on vacation, give me one day of nothingness, that yeah. one day at the beach, and I'm good. After that, I really want to go see stuff. I want to see the community. I want to go see, like, go out and see what's out there. I want to do things. So we did an ATV tour throughout all of uh, Nueva Vallarta, Puerto Vallarta, going through other little, little towns I've never heard of before. Nice. Got to see a tequila factory. Got to see how the tequila was made, which is always a good time. Apparently, drinking and driving not an issue in Mexico because when you do that halfway through a tour and then you start driving backwards, <laughs> mm, not the smartest problem. idea. But whatever, we had a blast, you know. And it really, got, I, and I've ventured out a little bit. I'm not a world traveler, but I've ventured out a little bit. But I've never been to the fine uh, country of Mexico. How about yourself, my friend? Yeah, I, I've been to Mexico. Uh, and I'm going again October, like, the 2nd through the 7th. Oh, that's right. You're going on a reconnaissance mission. I'm going I'm going to Cancun. Nice. And it, it's going to be awfully good. Now, uh, you know, it's funny. Is I'm going to everybody else. They were, it's going it's to be all-inclusive. We're going to drink five days from Wednesday. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to the Mayan ruins and doing stuff like that. As a matter of fact, I got a couple excursions planned. I got this one thing that's like supposed to be real realistic. You stand on a street corner in one of their major cities, and then you sell crack just so you get a feel of what it's actually like to be a Mexican. <laughs> I got a bunch of different. I mean, there's a bunch of real, real good stuff. So I got a bunch of stuff playing Mayan ruins. So I, I'm fired up. Wait, the Mayan ruins are near Cancun? Yeah, believe it or not, they're really? only like... Uh, 45 minutes away, but everybody goes there. Go, go, let's go, let's go drink another margarita. Hey, dude, watch this. Get in the car, go 45 minutes and see some one of the greatest things on the planet. Yeah, there's time to see everything. But late at night, the all-inclusive is a wonderful thing. We have a buddy, John Fahm. He's a, he's a tennis pro downtown. So the guy's in good physical condition, but he loves to eat. I literally watched one morning as he went, there's four restaurants. As he literally went from one restaurant to the other, picking up food. Then he went, worked out, came back, ate some more food, went played tennis, came back, ate some more food, went on an excursion rappelling and ziplining with oh us, boy. ate some more food. Then we went out drinking all night long. So you could do everything. You just got to prioritize. That's all it is. I, that's that's how I'm going to do it, Brian. I, I legitimately am going to do it exactly like that. I, uh, it, it's totally worth it. You know what? I, they, they'll put the fear of God in you. Everybody will tell you about you got to watch yourself here in Mexico, be, be safe. Right. And it's true. Some of those cities you do. I mean, if you go to the major cities... The resort areas, they live off of American tourists, so they really can't afford to be having anything happen to them. Really weird. I didn't know that Puerto Vallarta had so many Canadians. Apparently, their population is 500,000. 100,000 of that is Americans and Canadians who own property in Puerto Vallarta. Interesting. So, no, but they technically, you have to be a Mexican city to legally own it, though, in 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 Mexico. For some reason, they were selling timeshares and condos like there's no tomorrow. So uh, I don't know if they've changed those rules to basically get more influx of money. And it was really weird. You went to the local market. We went to shopping in like the actual town because we didn't want to do everything in the resort. So we went to this little tiny town where there's not much going on. And I, I see these ponchos. And one of them has like the, what is it, the Rough Riders? What is the Canadian football team? Yeah, yeah, the Rough Riders. Yeah, so they got that. Also, there's a, a Montreal Canadiens poncho. There's a, a Van- was there any for the Puerto Vallarta Ice Dogs hockey team? It was so weird. Also, I see a Blackhawks poncho. And I look at the guy. I go, listen, I got to ask you, what is this? He goes, oh yeah, you know, amigo, lots of Canadians live here. You know, we sell a lot of these to them. They, you know, they really like it. You know, da, da, da. he goes, I don't know what this one is though. And he points to the, the Indian head, the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what team do you think it is? He goes. 
I don't know the Indians. You know, I don't know the is there a Canadian Indian hockey team. I don't know nothing about it. I'm like, yeah, that's Chicago Blackhawks. You might want to know that in case of Chicago comes. Oh man, he went over, wrote down Chicago Blackhawks, and hung it underneath it so that it would remind himself of later. But it's so weird. Like it, it, it is very like. It's much more gringoized, is what I kept calling it, is than I really thought it was going to be. Because even the local towns have kind of adapted with all the stuff that goes on with everybody coming in. Uh, well, you made it back safe. That's the most important. I'm worried about the big dog. Um, when is that trip, dog? In mid October? Yeah, it's the beginning of October, coach. It, right. And it's going to be flat out ugly. Yeah. I don't want to say we're worried about you, but David that. Olson, our producer, is already scheduled fill-in host for the following couple of weeks, uh, just in case. <laughs> That might be a good idea, Coach. My, my end might not be the only thing that gets ruined when we're over there. That's for sure. But uh, Double B, great to have you in the studio. It's a uh, drop in the bucket, my friend, but anytime you can make it in, you're more than welcome. Oh, you know, like, if I have a day off or I'm free, I am here no matter what. As it is, like I told you last night, I, we had an 11-hour travel day from Mexico. Wow. And the first thing I did this morning was get up at 7, take care of the dog, and watch Chicago Bears football, take notes, and get ready to come in here because I love this place, man. Big Great dog. time. Thanks that's, for having that's me. That's dedication to the job, big dog. Take that as a note. That, that's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dog, we'll uh, do it tomorrow. we got lots to cover still on Resident Tuesday, okay? Yes, yes, it'll be done. Beautiful. All right, big dog. Brian Bauer and the coach with you and the two guys at a Mike Show TalkZone.com. Have a great day. By the way, Double B, I'm going, believe it or not, to the White Sox game today. Get out of here. Got tickets like three months ago for this guy. Got real good seats, stadium club Who's, tickets. Who they I have no idea. Yeah, well, you and the six guys out there should really right. enjoy this game. Right? Gonna, beep, enjoy that. Beep, beep. <laughs> you know what? But this is one of those great games where you can say something as a fan, yeah. and it's getting on TV because that echo is going to be all over the building. Hey, Ozzy! <laughs> two guys in a mic show, 10 to 11 every day. You should be doing that every half hour. Yeah, I think I will. Keep plugging it. I'll bring a sign, talkzone.com. All right, have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late. Peace.